Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm your host today. This is Kim speaking. And with me, of course, is Marcy Nevin and Katie Crocus. Hi, ladies. Hi, Kim. Hi, Katie. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Fantastic. Katie, <laughs> tell everybody how you're doing. <laughs> well, I'm tired because I have been on alert the last couple nights and waking up early, just sort of thinking about things. And lately thinking about things has been coupled with listening for the chickens. So if you don't already know this, we've had chickens at our house for a number of years and um, probably about eight years now. And in the last week, we've lost three. And so we had to figure out what was going on and it turned and, and based on the evidence, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. We, um, realized that there's a predator of some sort. And we thought, is it a fox? Like, is it one of the, is it a neighbor's dog? Like what is going on? And uh, I made my husband Google about the evidence because I didn't want to see any images. <laughs> so I pretty much saddled him with all of this work. It, he does everything with the chickens to be clear. Like I make the eggs. And other than that, like I, I bring them fruit and that's it, but they're kind of like our pets. So it's really disturbing when they're being like ravaged a little bit. And so turns out it had to be a raccoon. So he set up a live trap and sure enough, caught a raccoon. And, uh, <laughs> I was a little curious about it. I was like, well, did you take a picture? He's like, no, I don't take a picture. And I was like, was it, was it okay? He's like, no, it's pretty angry. Like it hissed at me. It was an angry raccoon. And, uh, he was going to take it and, and set it free, like on the other side of town, like in a wooded area. So it wouldn't like find its find its way back here again. And, yeah. you know, he dropped the kids off at school and the kids all wanted to see it. So like he, you know, showed the, showed the kids, the raccoon in the trap. It's a live trap. So the raccoon was fine. They used, he used marshmallows to bait it. And, marshmallows. Uh, Who yeah, knew? I have no idea. I, again, he probably, again, probably something that came up on the, the Google and he's, and, and we certainly had those and, and the kids thought he was a, on Google. I know. Right. Well, so in, you know, when he went to like, let the raccoon go, he said that, well, they're nocturnal. So it was fast asleep in its trap in the back of his car. Um, so he had to kind of like, again, literally rattle the cage, like get the raccoon out. Anyway, all of this is to say, I'm a little nervous because he's not going to be around for a couple nights and I don't want to be on raccoon and dead chicken duty. Ladies, I can't do that. I'm not equipped like for, for a trip. <laughs> My kids and I should just like go to a hotel for a couple yeah. days. <laughs> oh, it's May. Yeah. We all need a break. What's going on with you ladies? Mars, what's well, up with you? Well, yeah, nothing uh, as exciting as what's been going on in your life with the animals. Uh, always something. I know. Uh, so no, everything's pretty good with me. And let's see, my nice thing that happened was Sarah. So for those of you who have been decades of strength listeners for a long time, our former co-host Sarah, who lives in London, is in the States visiting her boyfriend who she met online during quarantine. So they've been together now for more than two years, like time flies. And he, he has family who lives out in California about an hour from me. So they're here visiting. So I got to go meet up with her on Saturday night, spent some time with the two of them. He is lovely. I really mm. enjoyed his company. And then she and I got to spend a little one-on-one -on -one time together. And it was just 
so nice to see her because it's almost been three years. The last time is when I was in London visiting her in September of 2019, right before COVID happened. And I I had gotten bit by the travel bug. I'm like, oh yeah, she's going to be my European travel buddy. And then, you know, things happened. So yeah, that's my update, but it felt really good to see her and just connect. And that's pretty much it. Other than that, it's business as usual. That's great to hear. Yeah. That's so nice. You got to see her. That's fantastic. She looks very happy. Whenever I, whenever I happen to catch one of her stories or something of hers pops up in my feed, what I notice is she looks very, very happy. She, yes, absolutely is. So I'm, I'm happy for her. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I didn't get bit by um, a travel bug. I got bit by my dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what Anybody watching my stories this weekend, he didn't bite me in like, wow, I have a vicious dog. Not at all. He's the cutest little tiny puppy. Like he would not hurt me on purpose, but he's just, it's, it's so funny. Like he just, he fumbles at life. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> it's really funny to see, like just trying to like walk up two stairs. He's like, what, what is this? Right. He's just a little baby. And so I was trying to feed him some chicken. We had gotten Chinese food and I'd gotten some steamed chicken and broccoli. And I was just trying to hand him a piece. And I do it with Lily May all the time. And I just put him in a sit and, you know, I put Lily in a sit and I hold the chicken out and she takes it very nicely. I put Rocky in a sit. He's getting really good with sitting. And I held the chicken out and he just got so excited. He like popped up out of the sit and went to grab the chicken, but he didn't get the chicken. And like he, wow, puppy teeth are sharp. They and are. Like I felt it like puncture my skin. Like I felt it like, and then I just instinctively yanked my hand away and the tooth was in there. And so it sliced my entire finger pad, like oh. where it went in all the way to the top. Oh my God. <laughs> and I freaked out, obviously. Like I mean, like it blood just went everywhere. Like I, I don't do well. I'm, I am a big baby with pain guys. I do not handle pain well. So I'm yelling <laughs> I will say one of the most interesting parts of the night for me, my kids are, are older now. And my son who just graduated from college, his girlfriend were there. My son who's back from his first year of college and his girlfriend were there. And my husband was there. All of my kids were taking care of me. And it's such a nice mm-hmm. turn. Like I, it's the first time it's ever happened to me, guys. Um, you know, I'm always the one to, you're the mom. So I take care of them. But like, I was panicked with the pain. I'm like, it really stung and my kids and their girlfriends got up and like one of them's getting bandages and one of them like looked at it for me and she's like, get it under the water, like rinse it, put it up. Like, like they were all like in there, like looking at my mm. finger and like telling me what to do. And like, it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then finally they're like, I don't remember who said, they're like, you've got to go get that stitched up. Like that's not going to heal on its own. And so my son's girlfriend's looking for the closest uh, place I can go. And she actually, she's like, you know what? We'll just drive you. She's like, I know where it is. It's by my dentist office. Because I couldn't figure out where it was. So they drove me. My son and his girlfriend drove me to urgent care, waited for me, took me to get like the pain medicine they suggested. It was really, really nice. Like that they wow. were taking care of me. I'm thinking that that's never happened to me in my life. That one of my kids drove me to a doctor for anything and was like, just trying to be like, so calm. My other son who didn't come with us, he like FaceTimed me multiple times to make sure she like, has the doctor come in yet? What did he say? One of my friends is like, my kid would have just forgotten. They would have, because he went out with his friends. Like he was FaceTiming me from out with his friends to check on me to see how my hand was. Isn't that just- Wow. You raise good kids, Kim. You realize that's a reflection on you. But it make that makes me really happy. Like that they just, that they were just there for me. It made me think like, oh my gosh, when I'm an old lady and I'm like incapacitated, they've got me. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You, yeah. know, you, you always wonder as a parent, like, are they going to be there for you? And so they were, it was really sweet. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So no, no stitches or anything like that. 
Well, they wouldn't sew it up. Like it definitely, I could see, I'm like, how is that going to heal its own? But she said, the, the doctor who saw me at the urgent clinic said, she's like, we don't stitch animal wounds here. She's like, we just think it's better. There's such a high risk for infection because of whatever's in the dog's mouth. And guys, I see what my puppy tries to eat out on walks. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And so I, that kind of made sense. But today I looked at it and it was looking better. But the first two days I was looking at it, I'm like, how is this going to heal without a stitch? Like, how is it even going to come back together? It was not tiny. So um, it seems fine now, but no, she's like, no stitches. They gave me a tetanus shot. She's like, you're up on your tetanus, right? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I can't, I was, I can't remember what I did last Tuesday, let alone how many years ago I had a tetanus shot. No way. They started me on a course of antibiotics. She's like, bad stuff happens if, uh, with pet wounds, if you happen to get something. So that was, you know, that's annoying, but, um, I'm sure it'll be all good. And, uh, I'm much more careful around Rocky's sharp little teeth now. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing how much you need your fingers for too. You probably are banging it constantly. Yeah. It's really interesting. I would have never thought about like trying to grocery shop yesterday. I'm like, good oh, gracious. Yeah. Why well, I use my fourth finger a lot. Cause I was trying not <laughs> to use it, but then like instinctively you just go to grab something and it, it stings. Um, and you know, what we're going to talk about today, ladies, uh, is modifying our workouts when we have, whether it's an injury or an illness or whatever it is. And, uh, this was on our minds, both because of what happened to me and something Katie's going to tell you about. But it was really interesting as I realized over the weekend, I was like, I'm not gripping anything anytime soon because like the littlest, like if I brush it, like if I brushed it against my computer right now, immediate searing pain. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely no level of gripping that's going to take place. So I can talk about how I modified and what you do with that. But Katie, tell us why you're modifying things right now. What's going on with you? So for whatever reason, Sunday night, I started, I just got a little kink in my back, my lower back and never, never a spot that had been. Um, bothersome before for me. And I'm, I I don't know, but my guess is it was from sitting on Sunday. We picked up our foster kittens. I was in the car for a long time out and back to pick them up. And then I had an evening Reiki appointment and I was sitting a long time to get to that on the other side of town. And so I probably spent like four hours sitting, which I never do. I I mean, I I stand for almost, I'm standing right now as we podcast, like it's, I'm more comfortable moving and standing. And so to go from um, regularly scheduled programming to a, a relatively sedentary day could have just tweaked my back a little bit. So for whatever reason, it felt really bad on Sunday night. And then Monday morning, when I woke up, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm programming with Jordan Syed, as you guys know. And the first day of programming for what I'm doing is uh, a lower body day. And it was cluster sets of deadlifts, which as you know, with cluster sets, the intent is to get really heavy because you only have to do two at a time, then you rest, then a couple more. And so I knew right away that workout was not going to work for me. So I was in a position where I could either A, skip my workout day altogether and see how I felt tomorrow, like B, go after it and see like, can I do it? Do I think I just can't do it? Or C, pivot and find something that was going to get me down into the gym, but not exacerbate my back situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling? Uh, so much better today. So yeah. I ended up going, but the option I did was I just switched his workouts. So I just did upper body instead of lower body. And I was really careful to, you know, we started with bench press and I was careful to make sure that I was engaging my core and, and you know, bracing with my body and not getting lazy and let, and allowing things to sort of fall into my lower back that, which is something that's really easy to do. And, and a pain point of mine, I, in the past, I've done that. Like I let my form fall to the point that my lower back picks up the slack. And so even this morning, when I went back down to the gym again, um, just for like a quick circuit workout, I just wanted to do some movement. I 
realized I, I stripped it way down. I did almost entirely body weight with really low dumbbells and realized that, um, I could completely do everything I wanted to do deadlifts, RDLs, and, um, single leg, hip, single leg hip thrusts with no pain. If I just really focused on form and kept the weights really low. And so that's how I modified lower body. That's fantastic. Katie, especially with back. A lot mm. of people think the right thing to do if like your back feels weak is to not move, right? People mm-hmm. are just like, I shouldn't work out today yep. because of my back. But oftentimes when we have some kind of back issue, getting some kind of movement is going to help it. it doesn't mean you should be necessarily lifting weights. It depends on what it is. Um, you might need to go see your doctor or your physical therapist, but the idea that you should just like sit on your sofa or lay in your bed when you've got some like back pain from that's kind of like just like nondescript you're not even sure like why do I have this pain right you didn't have an obvious injury staying uh, immobile is not usually the best course of action so I love how you um, figure that out and I like that your modification that day one was as easy as I'm just going to switch the workout days right it yeah. wasn't even like I'm switching out these big exercises or what can I can't do it's just like I'm going to sub upper body today. And that's a really good like almost no-brainer for people not you guys listen to this if you're like oh it's my ankle bothering me, you could switch to upper body. Or if it's, you know, your finger like me, mm-hmm. you could switch to lower body. Mars, tell us, uh, tell us, um, have you had an opportunity for you to need to uh, modify? I'm assuming with clients you have, but how about you personally? Yeah. So I really, I haven't had a specific injury ever in my life, which I am very fortunate. However, I have had chronic back pain, lower back pain for as long as I can remember. I think since I was 12 and it's intermittent, it comes and goes. It's been so much better over the past couple of years. Um, but there was a time in my, it got really bad in my mid twenties. I mean, I remember, and I was a personal trainer too. So having to pick up clients weights and like move boxes around and things like that. And even just bending over like a couple of inches would like create this like sharp shooting pain in my lower back on the left side. And I'm telling you, I did everything to try to alleviate it. The massage, the chiropractor, acupuncture, stretching, like all of it. And, and nothing really ever like improved it. So yes, I would have to make some modifications, but however, you know, back then I was young and dumb, I like to say, and, and I had a very big ego and, you know, I was so wrapped up in what my body could do and how it looked that I was in that mindset of, oh no, I cannot modify. Like I have to power through. Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, I had an online coach at the time and, um, barbell RDLs were part of my program and I just did them. The only thing I, I will say, and this is interesting, I refused to back squat. And I think the reason I refused to back squat is because yes, it caused me pain, but I also was really bad at it. So it was like my out. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, well, um, my back hurts. I can't back squat. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else that I was, you know, quote unquote good at when it came to lifting. So the deadlift variations and whatnot, I, yeah, I would just power through and it was torture. Uh, so I do not recommend that. Like I said, when you know better, you do better. So now, you know, today, luckily my back pain does not bother me too much. Um, and if it does, it's very infrequent, but yeah, I'll certainly modify things, you know, take out the exercises that I know bother it. And, uh, but I feel like there's always some adjustment that you can make. Absolutely. You know, so If you don't want to squat, can you do like a lunge variation, something like that? I find that the lower body or excuse me, the single leg versions of exercises really do 
like help with pain um, or not help with pain, but like, if you have a lower back injury, that's going to be a little bit easier. Now, if you have like a knee problem or something, maybe not. Um, but yeah, there are so many opportunities. And then with clients, it usually tends to be back issues that people are struggling with. Mm -hmm. No. So yeah. Finding ways. We'll come back around and talk more about clients. Um, so I can totally relate to what you said about being like young and dumb. And for me, it wasn't young age-wise because I, I didn't start lifting until I was 43, but young training-wise <laughs> for sure. And I absolutely thought that powering through was the right move. Like mm -hmm. for sure. I was, oh gosh, probably not even a year into training. It was before I was a coach uh, and I was, I can picture it. I was at the Y and I was doing barbell good mornings. Why was I doing that so early on in my training? That's a pretty advanced move. I have no idea because I didn't know what I was doing. And I felt something in my hamstring, like the sensation of like, mm. like I felt it like, mm. like spring. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> and you know what I did? I went and did my next set. I just kept going. And my friend who was training with me at the time is my doctor. And I was telling her, I'm like, that felt weird. And she like, I was literally teaching her to lift. So she doesn't know anything. Didn't know anything about lifting, but she was like, how does this feel? How does that feel? I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. We did the rest of the dang workout. And like, I had literally felt it like pull and like rip. <laughs> I just oh kept God. going. I was like immobile by the end of the day. And like, I had to like go to see, like I had to go see several doctors. Like it was, it had me out from like doing lower body stuff with that leg for many months. And I know it would have been less of an issue had I just stopped. Like that was a big, that should have been like big flashing lights, like stop right now, stop the workout. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was like, it will be better. And so I think that, I think that the idea of do no harm to yourself is a, is a good first rule. So if you notice a sensation that is not right when you're lifting, or if it's outside of a lift, like if you're like yourself gardening or something, I really think that the most important thing to remind yourself is that missing a workout or two is not the same thing as getting yourself laid out from being able to do the, the thing you want to do for weeks or months. And so really taking a cautious approach to like, let's see what just happened. How is the pain? Do I need to go see a doctor before you just like power through? Because, you know, that short-term thinking can really come back to bite you in the butt. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously I've learned my lesson at this point. I've had multiple reasons to have to um, work around things. I herniated a disc in my back one time many years ago, moving my bench in my gym. I was, I didn't hurt myself lifting. I had was really heavy lifting at this time. I was power lifting at this time. And I, I have this massive heavy bench. And for some reason, it seemed like a good thing to do to twist to the side and try and shove it, like just shove it. And I, again, felt this popping. That was terrible. I had to work around that. I've hurt my elbow, chipping tile, lots of opportunities to like figure out what do I do next? So it doesn't even phase me anymore. I mean, after a period of time, like I don't love it. I don't actively seek injury, but when it happens, like I get annoyed for a minute, but then I can calm myself down and be like, okay, what will I do now? What will I do differently? And sometimes like I was, I, if I had injured myself on a workout day, I would have not have like run down to the gym that day. Right. Cause I, it needed a little bit of time, but two days later, I was absolutely ready to be like, what can I do? And that is the question that I think people should ask themselves. Like, first of all, like, do I need to see a medical professional for whatever I've just done to myself? And second, like, okay, what can I still do? So mm -hmm. often I think people are just like, I can't work out. Right. Because like whatever I hurt my elbow, 
you have a whole friggin' body to work. You can find ways to work out without using that elbow that's affected. I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody in my DMs this morning and she was shocked when I suggested she's got an issue going on with trigger finger in one of her hands. And she was commenting on my story about how um, she tried doing some goblet stuff yesterday and she was really excited to see that she could she could hold that position. And so I said, you know, if this continues on, you could work the unaffected side. There is evidence that supports the idea that there's this crossover effect. So if you're, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's her right hand, she could still work out doing rows and pull downs on the left side, because she said pulling motions is where she really can't do it. And I said, there is this some evidence. And she was just like, whoa, Mm -hmm. I would have never thought about that. So that's definitely um, one way to approach it as well. What other tips would you guys give people about modifying? So we talked about, you can still work out the other side of your body. You can look for what can I still do? You can, um, what else did I, what else did we just say? Oh, it's just switch the type of workout. If you were going to do upper or do lower, what mm-hmm. other suggestions do you ladies have? I think you can change the entire modality as well. Like maybe you just step away from the strength training entirely. If you're even concerned, if you're nervous, Marcy, you talk all the time about how a walk heals all things. And it's just so true. It doesn't, I mean, your mind, your body, everything, a walk will always be an excellent option. If you have something that is triggering, you know, a specific muscle or body part. Mm-hmm. Love that. Actually, I'm going on a hike tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to this week, I'm not going to try and get any upper body in with this. And, uh, my hiking buddy messaged me yesterday and I was like, Hey, let's do it. So we're going to go out tomorrow, which would typically be an upper body day for me. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to be working around that in any particular way tomorrow. So we're going to go for a hike, um, still get some movement in, feel really good about, I think for a lot of people, just the mental part of still feeling in it, right? Like we're still doing something good for our body can be really useful. So I love that idea. Just going for a walk, going for a walk, going for a hike. Um, What else, Mars? What else do you have to add? I like Um, your idea of single body, a single leg. That was a good one. Yeah, single leg for sure. Especially, um, like I said, that works really well with, I think, lower back pain. Again, if you have a knee injury or an ankle injury, something like that, single leg movements, you know, might be a little bit more challenging. So the other thing that I want to talk about, and this more relates to lower body, I think is, yeah, if you are dealing with something where putting a lot of pressure on a body part. So a foot, an ankle, like I I will say, I used to have really bad plantar fasciitis as well. Kim, I know that you did too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe like, yeah, a step up or a reverse lunge is going to, um, you know, make that uncomfortable. So can you use machines that allow you to take some pressure off of that, um, you know, that joint, that muscle, that body part, whatever. So, you know, I'm thinking like seated hamstring curls, leg extensions, leg press, that type of thing. So you're still, you know, engaging the muscle and working it. Um, but yeah, you're not like actually putting the pressure on it. I love that idea. Love, love, love that idea. And Um, same thing, like anything is really quick, like where you are stable and supported. So lower back, like, can you swap a, an RDL or a, uh, a back squat for a leg press, something like that, where, you know, you'd have to do like less bracing, so to speak. And yeah, you have that more support. Um, you know, if you have lower back pain, like probably not going to want to do a bent over barbell row, <laughs> but right. you could do like a chest supported dumbbell row or a seated cable row, that kind of, that's thing. a really good one, Marcy. Cause I think people miss that because they're like, well, it's I feel like I could still do my bent over row. And that can be really, that can, 
if you're healthy and you know you have any issues, great, it's a fantastic exercise. But wow, it can really, if you're already feeling tweaks in your lower back, it can really uh, mess you up. You know, doing uh, in being in that RDL type position. So I love the mm-hmm. chest supported row. You know, if you have knee pain, it doesn't mean that all lower body has to be out. Really focusing on hinging moves can be a great way to go. So if your knee is bothering you, maybe not doing squats, lunges, those kinds of things, but focusing on RDLs, deadlifts, um, hip thrusts, those things that aren't going to bother you, your knee. And what you're going to find is you're going to probably have to do some plug and play to see like what bothers you. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people um, who had the same injury as I was actually it was Susan Niebergall and I were talking one time we had the same type of shoulder issue, but with, for her pulling motions felt good, but pushing motions didn't. And for me, it was the exact opposite. Like, mm-hmm. and so what you can do is figure out like what feels good and what doesn't and start with lightweight and see, am I feeling this area there? And, um, come up with your list of what still works for you and work that as hard as you can, as hard as you're able to while you're, you're continuing to heal the injury, which is the other big part of this. After a little bit, it's really important to admit to yourself when you need to seek medical attention. I talk to so many women and specifically women in my age group, they have come to accept that like, I have a bad shoulder. I have a bad knee. Right. Mm. And that's like, that's not how life has to be. Like you can get help for those things. And Katie brought up a great question. Like, what do you do when you realize that this is not, Katie, tell tell us how you, you formulated your question. I, I think I said something like what happens when your modifications become the norm and you're concerned that you can't hit your goal because of that. That's such a good one. So the first thing I would say is know that just because you've had this bad and I'm putting this air quotes, bad shoulder for years, there's a lot you could do and getting to, to meet with a good physical therapist to help you through that is a place that I would go for sure. Mm-hmm. I recommend this to all the ladies. People are always so shocked when I tell them, I'm like, that's not normal that you have like a bad shoulder you've had for years. There's a more you can do than just not work out your shoulder. And so that's a really a big piece of it. What else would you say to answer that question? Katie, let's go to you. What would you say about that? Uh, I, I, I think it's important to remember that, um, there are so many ways to hit your goals. So getting really clear on what your goal is, but then being very flexible about how you get there is essential. And if anyone out there tells you there's only one way and you have to do deadlifts or you will not get strong, that person is trying to sell you something. There are or they variety. don't know what talking about. Or exactly, or that, yeah. There's just so much sold in this capacity that I feel like everyone's always trying to make money on like a quick fix. And it's like, my way is gonna solve that problem. And and no, there's a variety of ways that are gonna help you circumvent whatever issue you're running into. And it's just, I think it's just so important to keep in mind that um, the difference between a modified workout and your workout where you're firing on all cylinders is negligible. I mean, you're, you're going to feel the same at the end of the workout, your body, Marcy, like you had said, is going to be supported in a way that's actually going to be beneficial. So you can pick up and, and do it again the next day or the next week. And that's what matters. Again, it's like being flexible and understanding that if you need to take it down a notch in order to stay consistent, that is so much better than going all out and then dropping off the ability with the ability to do anything for who knows how long. Yeah. I love that. Really challenging that all or nothing mindset that people tend to have about all kinds of things, whether it's their nutrition or their training, you know, Mm -hmm. this idea of it has to be X, my original workout, or it's not good enough. I'm not going to be able to get my results. Uh, And it's just not true. There are so many different paths that you could take. 
And yeah, I loved what you pointed out there, Katie. There is no one exercise you have to do. Even if we're talking about like, sure, people always make lists of what's the best exercise for your glutes or what's the best exercise for your shoulders. And people can have all kinds of different ideas, but the best exercise is going to be the one that you can do pain-free, right? And so let's figure out what that is and that could change over time. Mm-hmm. And you can strip it down. All of these exercises have variations and you, I, both of you ladies are both, um, you know, PTs and, and I am not, or personal trainers, PTs. And, um, I, so I don't know all the details, but if you can't do a back squat, say with a barbell, there are a hundred variations that will hit the same muscle groups and do the same thing for you, starting with just a body weight squat. So yeah, keep that in mind too, that you don't have to walk away from something just because it doesn't sound good to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And really the only way that you wouldn't maybe be able to reach a goal, like at this point in time is if it was super specific, like you were starting to train for a powerlifting competition Mm -hmm. and you blew out your back. Okay. Probably not going to be squatting and deadlifting. So let's table that for right now. You know, I I broke my ankle that marathons out, you know, but yeah. So in like, unless it's a very extreme case like that, which again, it's just, it's not that you can't do it ever. It's just right now that's going to have to be put on the back burner, but if you have a body composition, like a muscle building goal, a fat loss goal, even a strength goal, you know, in some capacity, um, then yeah, there are always modifications and workarounds. So like, don't let that be a fixed mindset that, oh, I have this issue. That means that, you know, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get to where I want to be. That's just simply not the case. Um, and then also like, oh, go on, Kim, you were going to say something. No, for sure. Not. I really like that. You made that point. Like if you have a specific performance goal, there's going to have to be wiggle room for you in terms of injury. If we're talking aesthetics, like I want to like look a certain way, there's almost always a workaround, right? But that performance, like I want to, and we saw this with me now twice, guys, I feel like next time I tell, next time I decide I'm going to try this run program, I might not announce it at all. And I might just film it on the side until I, until I get further along because both times I've started, like I've had some terrible thing happen to me and I can't do it. Um, but yeah, so I've had to table that goal. I haven't taken it off the table yet. I'm going to put it back on the table eventually. Um, so when you have like a sports performance goal, that can definitely be affected. But I love the idea of like not taking it off, like you said, forever. Maybe come back to it later. Maybe what you'll realize eventually is it's not a great goal for you. And you'll come up with some other way to challenge yourself. But when we're talking aesthetics and ladies, especially if your goal is fat loss, this workout stuff is always going to be secondary to your nutrition anyway. So keep that in mind when you're injured, you can still work on that nutrition piece. And I know that being injured can often drag that part right along with it because you just feel demotivated. One of the things I think workouts really help for with people when they're doing a fat loss phase is it feels motivating to like, yes, I did my workout today, which is often easier than like, yes, I didn't overeat the cupcakes today, right? That's harder, but it's like a really good win for people to be like, I did my work and I'm feeling motivated to keep going with my nutrition. And when that is gone, people can tend to like want to have more of the cupcakes. So I know that's hard, but remember like fat loss goals, always going to be driven by that nutrition piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like really fat loss goals comes down to muscle maintenance more than anything. Like mm-hmm. you're really not using your workouts to build a whole lot of muscle, unless you are a complete newbie to weight training, then yes. Like some of that body recomposition can happen where you are building a little bit of muscle. You are losing a little bit of body fat, but I think for our listeners, you know, they're kind of past that stage. Maybe they've been doing this for a longer period of time. So yeah, if fat loss is the goal, then you really have to do the bare minimum that can be, you know, two days per week, even, and I was listening to a fascinating podcast about this. Um, this guy, Brandon DeCruz, 
he was talking on a podcast that he was a guest on about like taking time away altogether from training, which I have had to do. I mean, I know Kim, you've had to do it as well. So last year when I had surgery, I was out of the gym. I did not touch a weight for five weeks. Um, and you know, in the past that would have caused a lot of fear and anxiety in me. Like I'm going to lose all my precious muscle. Um, but it takes a long time to even start to lose muscle, especially if you are still staying somewhat active. So what he was talking about in this podcast is like, actual studies that showed that, you know, it took at least three weeks, if not more for someone to lose even the tiniest bit of muscle. And those who did, it was because they were literally like bedridden. So they were getting no weight bearing activity whatsoever. So that is another reason why it's important to, you know, stay consistent doing something when you can, because building that foundation and having it means that it's easier for your body to hold on to the muscle. And then when you do come back, you're going to be better able to bounce back as well. Um, so just like, don't, like you were saying, Kim, don't go into that all or nothing mindset where, oh, I have to, have to stay out of the gym because I'm injured or I'm sick. Like, oh no, just like keep walking, do some body weight stuff. Like that's going to be enough to keep that momentum going to retain the muscle mass. And then also, yeah, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and throw away your nutrition because that's going to matter too. So eat enough, like don't freak out because you're not training as hard or as often as you want and start to slash your calories too. Like that can happen. Like, Oh, I don't, and now I'm not burning enough. So I'm not going to eat as much. Mm -hmm. Um, that can lead to muscle loss. Like make sure you're eating enough protein. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. And even though, even if you have to stop moving, because let's say you like injured your lower body and you like need to get some surgery on your knee or something, the idea now that you should cut your calories even more your body is healing. Like your body, even though you're, you're moving less, you might be like, okay, now I definitely have to lower my calories. Remember you are healing. Your body is still going to need that energy. Not a great plan to be like, okay, since I'm going to sit here and I can't keep working out, I'm going to eat a thousand calories. That's not, that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I, mean, I, can, I would add, can I add one thing here too? I think yeah. something that we can all relate to all of our listeners, everybody is like the ultimate modifications and, and tests and like how well can we either crumble or pivot came um, with quarantine, right? When COVID hit all of a sudden, like there, it was um, everything was equalized, right? Like everybody was in the same predicament. Nobody could leave their house and some people crumbled and some people pivoted. And, and to be clear, like this is kind of loaded because everybody's situation was different, but yeah. like, let's, you know, aside from those people who were truly, truly suffering and going through inc the incredible hardships that were out there, those of us who were home trying to figure out the next right thing in terms of maintaining our health and our, and our muscle mass and whatever it is we've been working to, um, found ways to pivot and modifications were essential. Maybe you were doing group fitness classes and you decided to do something via Zoom. Maybe you were um, doing heavy strength training in the gym like I was, and you had to figure out how to make it work with dumbbells. And that is really the point. Like you, the pivot or the, or the modification doesn't necessarily have to just be an exercise. It can be something um, bigger than that. It can be a lifestyle change that you may have to make and you can still continue to hit your goals. Or sometimes what also happens is you realize, huh, this is actually better. Like for me, I got out of the big box gym and into my home gym and took, I mean, granted, like nothing happened overnight, but that's how you make lifestyle changes. And now I'm at a place where I couldn't imagine going back to a big gym. I love working out at home. So Katie, that, did you get all of that equipment during quarantine? Like your squat yeah. rack and all that, that, okay, all of it. Yeah. That. Yeah. 
it all came. So I have, so around in May of 2020, my husband built me this little corner in our basement. Um, so it stopped looking, I think I've said this before, like a hostage situation down there. He right. just like put some siding up and, and that was nice until we were like, could we do some more? And we just got really lucky to be honest. Cause I know it was hard to find equipment and most people yeah. couldn't. Um, and it just, I mean, and here I am, you know, over two years later thinking, I don't, I don't see a future outside my, my garage gym, but at this point, anything's possible, right? Who knows what the future holds? So yeah, there may be more modifications down the road that change all of this. Fantastic. All right. I think that's a great place to leave it. Thanks so much for having this conversation today with us. I hope this has helped listeners. If you are struggling and need to make modifications, you know, you can reach out to us and we can give you some general advice of, of what direction you might want to go. Um, look, I'm not going to read you somebody's whole training plan over DMs, but I can certainly give you some general advice um, about what to think about. And you can be watching in my stories as you see me making modifications as far as um, what to do with my stupid right hand at the moment. Mm. Oh, heal fast. Heal don't fast. slash Kim, don't slash your calories because of your finger. <laughs> not, I'm not slashing my calories because of my finger. Good, good <laughs> advice. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.